0: Hello all and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today I have me a very special returning guest for his third time, Christopher G. Brenning. Christopher, how are you doing today?
1: Doing am pretty good. Good to be back. It's good to see you. I uh, see, I think the last time I was on with you, the Wrathbringer hadn't even been released yet, so it's yep. been a few
0: months. Yep, yep, yep. I was actually just uh, referring to your cover reveal the other day. We had um, somebody on they're like, oh, that, that'd be really cool. I'm like, Christopher did it, so you should do it too. So we talked about doing that for, for their book too. So you know me, I love art, so I love your cover. So I was really happy to have you on for that cover reveal. That was awesome. So it made my my season two, if you will. Um, yeah, but how, how have things been going since we talked in August? Pretty well so far?
1: Uh, things have been going very well. Um, I, I published The Hellborn King uh, April of 2021, so in that entire span of time, half of the royalties I've generated have come in the last 90 days. So wow. yeah, word's getting out there. Um, I'm up to 14 countries I've sold copies in now. It's yeah. it's very surreal to look at my Amazon dashboard every day and just go, wow, you know <laughs> I mean? I would earn, you know, like chump change every month. And now, you know, things are finally starting to happen. And, you know, um, it's just, it's, you know, I'm just that much closer to being able to do this full time. So it's not like I'm bragging or anything. I'm just like that pumped that yeah. finally after all these countless hours and, and, and years now of putting work into this, it's finally starting to happen. So I'm, I'm a little excited if you can't tell.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I don't blame you. Anytime on Twitter, I see somebody, they're like, what should would be reading? I'm like, Hellburn King, Hellburn King, Hellburn King. Mm-hmm. I have like four of your covers saved. So at any point I can just be like, bam 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 and my friend the other day he's like oh you're so altruistic i'm like no i'm really selfish i was like christopher needs to be full-time so i can get more books i'm like i I like him a lot i say he's a great guy i said but let's just be honest i'm like i I just need more characters particularly in this world or you know or from his thoughts so um yeah but i'm glad things are going well for you as soon as i read the hellborn king though Um, you know, I, and I, I think we had this talk a couple of times. Like, I was like, I just knew it, you know, I'm like, things are going to pick up particularly for book two. And I feel that way, particularly for your book three, uh, in particular, I feel like, you know, really going to rev up. Um, yeah, I mean, that was just an amazing story. Um, and if you new to the podcast, you haven't watched the previous episodes where I rave about the Hellborn King. It's gotta be one of my favorite books, at least within the last five years. And I say at least if not 10. Yeah, absolutely exquisite. I'm really looking forward for the Wrathbringer. I'm, I, I refuse to separate my time for your book too. I'm literally just gonna sit here before the baby comes, and I got three days scheduled. And as long as he doesn't come early, I'm just gonna be like, bada bing, bada boom. So I'm very, very excited. I have gotten interrupted many a time for a couple of my friends who I really enjoyed their book one and. I did not want that experience for your book too, so I'm like really chomping at the It's kind of like my Christmas present to myself is going to be those three days just reading your book. So I can't wait. <laughs>
1: well, for, for for as much as you enjoy the Hellborn King, I, I strongly feel that you're going to enjoy the Wrathbringer ten times as much. I mean, you you you've seen you've seen what's on Twitter, man. The, just the I, reviews so I far have, to have like just duck, been yeah. amazing, <laughs> amazing. I mean, Blaze, you know, under the radar SS, SFF books. Yep, said yep. it's it's one of the best sequels he's ever read um goodreads I think it's at a 4.77 oh that's uh, awesome yeah on amazon it's uh it's only it only has four and five star ratings on amazon so things are going really well it's been very well received and uh, you know I was just on a podcast last weekend with um uh, Steve talks books and oh cool Yeah. And and all the guys were commenting, um, about just how much of a dramatic difference there is just in the writing quality, the storytelling quality. So I think that's really going to stand out to you and you're just going to absolutely love where that
0: story goes. You're going to love it. I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready and raring to go. I already had resituated my office for my winter reading. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm like ready to go. So that's going to be, um, one of my favorite reviews that I've done so far, uh, I guarantee I was listening, still going back and listening to the Hellborn King again on Audible, um, trying to get those, you know, reviews and things like that. Um, And I've been re-listening to it so that, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be good to go again for, you know, book two. Um, But yeah, I'm like just getting more and more excited (laughs) because I'm like, like the time is almost here. Like vacation time is really almost here. So yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome. You know, it's hard to, see the reviews and then not really read too far into them because the one i know was a spoiler and i i shared it but i told people i was like i i haven't read the book yet i was like please don't say anything (laughs) i was like if you read the book you know or if you're interested that kind of thing but yeah it's been kind of hard at this point to to duck in and out but you will not be disappointed it'll be well worth the wait awesome awesome well i'm looking forward to it uh so you said that the, you know, that's gone a lot better. So how has the release of Wrathbringer been going just in general? Like, I know, you know, we talked before, did you change anything? Um, you know, then when we talked with the cover reveal, um, when it went to your approach, like, was there anything extra, you know, that you kind of did last minute that you think helped with the, you know, the, you know, book two and its release?
1: Uh, release day for book two was a little rough. Um, I did well, I, I, was on vacation at the time and um, was having a hard time sleeping. And w- when you hit that publish button on Amazon, who knows when it's going to be be live? Who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So
1: uh, I woke up around midnight, checked the emails, and all of a sudden I get two emails from Amazon saying that the submission was rejected because there, oh. there was an error with the cover art or whatever, or something was wrong with it. And so, just in a complete panic. I spent like the next four hours fixing everything and then, you know, relaunched it. So launch day, launch day was very stressful. It did not go as planned. It actually took a couple of days for the hardcover to go live. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, it happens, but everything since then has been great. Uh, The book's been very well received. It's sold in 10 countries so far. Uh, And it's just, it's, it's that vindication that, that, that I needed when, you know, before I even published The Hellborn King, I had 50 agent rejections. I thought, I thought this was just a dumb idea. You know, I might as well shelve it and it's never going to see the light of day. I just need to write another book because I you know, I, I wanted to be an author at that point. But I decided, no, you know, I, I, I need to stick with this and see it through to whatever end. And now with book two response has just been amazing and book one is just selling like hotcakes because people are wanting to get into the series now yeah, yeah, yeah so that that's kind of put a lot of pressure on me to to get the next one put out as quickly as possible and kind of keep the momentum going
0: yeah 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 no yeah definitely it's interesting that you said that i mean i just had a guy on tiktok that i follow and his release same thing like he goes to release you know was checking some things three days before and i believe his book's supposed to release so, yeah, so I guess it's tomorrow, and Amazon completely locked it. So he has the paperback, but not the Kindle version. So I'm just like, holy moly! <laughs> like that to me, that would be very, very, very stressful. So very yeah.
1: stressful because I didn't want to do a pre-order because of the way Amazon rankings work. Yep. If you're if you're a relatively unknown author and you try to do a pre-order, it's actually going to work against you in the rankings from everything I've seen. Um, So I didn't want to do that. I wanted to launch it on launch day, and of course, you know, it didn't go as planned. But you know, everything since everything since then has been really good.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, as long as, as long as you can recover from it, right? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the only problem with those pre-orders. I mean, I have known some people that you know they, you know, they might do like fifty pre-orders, but then you know it really hits them later on. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really stinks that that's the case. I mean, it would seem. To me, it would seem like if you are, you know, you're, if you're selling books in whatever capacity, it just seems like you're selling books for them. So it's, to me, it's weird. Like, I feel like that now, you know, you have authors like yourself who aren't going to pre-order. So, well, what happens when, you know, you have a, a good pre-order going and then those people have better reviews and then that's going to help you sell more books. Like I've seen a couple arguments either way for, for them doing that, but I haven't really found one to me that really sticks or, you know, really makes sense but yeah maybe
1: with the next one i'll 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 do it you know as the as the fan base for the series and everything grows I, I may end up doing them in the future but you know just still kind of being a relatively unknown it didn't make sense to do it this time around yeah
0: no yeah yeah oh i feel like a lot of people i know that do well with them you know i mean i feel like it's mostly like you know book four you know in the either in the same series or a different series book five you know that kind of thing you know like yeah so I, I don't really know anybody that's done a really good pre-order, you know, personally. Like I've heard of people, but I don't know anybody personally who's done a good pre-order for, you know, even books one and two. I mean, I guess three sometimes, you know, depending on what's going on. But yeah, that that is really interesting. Oh, uh, you said so. You said, uh, you know, you have up to like fourteen different countries now for publication. Um, I just was curious because I've heard a lot of people say Germany is a really big one in terms of fantasy. Has has that one been good for you at all? Or I was just curious.
1: Yeah, Germany's been very good to me. I think it's like my third or fourth biggest market.
0: Dang.
1: Yeah, and like like some of the some of the crazier ones that I didn't think I'd be growing a fan base in are uh, India and Brazil. I've been selling quite oh. a few copies there. Oh, that's which is
0: intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would I would expect Germany. I I just know that you know I don't know what's going on there with the publication, you know, but I know so many you know, people over the last decade, you know, who have done really well with German translations, both for Kindle, you know, and Audible, and then they seem to, you know, sometimes sell more than, you know, here in the States. So it seems to be their thing. But yeah, those other two, those are pretty interesting. I would love to to figure out the analytics there and, you know, kind of see why. To me, that is really interesting. Maybe you're onto something here. Maybe they're you know those two are like the next Germany, you know, in terms of yeah, maybe yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, Spain, the Netherlands, and Italy are are kind of taking off too. I've been I've been selling a lot more there mm-hmm. recently, so it, it's very exciting to see the fan base growing worldwide. Really? And you know, I just hope that uh, I I just hope I never let anybody down. That's just my number one fear. Is that you know I'll put out a couple of good books, and you know everybody will be so hyped for it, and then I'll miss you know, but. That's just me being hard on myself.
0: Yeah. I feel like that just is, I mean, I I you know it's funny because I it's funny that you mentioned it. I just watched a TikTok with Sylvester Stallone talking about um Rocky five. And they're like, um, it was an older interview, but they're like, rate the the host like rate the Rocky films, and then they're asking him and he's rating them. Then they get to five and he's like, zero out of ten. And they're like, What do you mean, zero? He goes, zero out of ten. He's like, I hate it. We missed the mark. He goes, I missed the mark he's like, I, you know, we just didn't have it that time. You know, he's like the other ones I think did. And he goes, I think Rocky Balboa, you know, uh, six was a lot better, you know, and 7.5 out of 10, you know, and I, that to me, like really hit me. I'm like, here, you got a guy, you know, who, you know, wrote, you know, wrote this great, amazing screenplay, you know, did all these things. And, you know, if he can have a bomb on a five, you know, <laughs> I feel like some of us have a little bit more leeway. But yeah, it's funny, too, because I did see, um, you know, it's funny seeing people talk about Brandon Sanderson, too, you know, and for me, like Warbreaker by him was amazing. Like, I loved it. And that's like, his least popular book, I think, still, to, like all time. Um, and if you look at like Goodreads and things, I mean, people trash that thing. And I, I absolutely loved it. It's given me so many ideas. So who knows, you know, it could be, you know, somebody's favorite, you know, so maybe not certain people, but, you know, I feel like that's just how it goes sometimes. But yeah, yeah it's interesting. Different strokes, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so what do you think helped with this release compared to the Hellborn King?
1: Um, just having fans already. I mean, Hellborn King, I started off, nobody knew who I was. The only people that were buying my books were friends, family, and coworkers, And I, I had no platform online. I had, you know, for the longest time, I was stuck at like 30 followers on Twitter. And just like, I, I was using all the hashtags. I was posting regularly, like I was doing everything right. And it's just, I could not gain the traction. So this time around, actually having a, a small but growing fan base, that definitely helped.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I definitely, I love where, because you what was it a couple months ago right on twitter you hit over 1k for followers right
1: uh no not quite I, i'm oh, still okay. at let me see i think i'm at like 820. yeah it's about 820 ish gotcha okay so yeah i mean uh,
0: that's I still a couple, lot though <laughs> yeah
1: you know i i tweeted uh i don't know maybe it was like a month ago or whatever and just wanted to say thanks to everybody you know the, the, you know for following me and I ended up gaining like 200 followers just off that one tweet so it was pretty wow. crazy that.
0: crazy I'm curious to see with like Elon Musk buying Twitter if we're going to get back to like a year and a half ago where you know you could just put up one hashtag for the writing community you know and you know that you know because like a year and a half ago when they changed that algorithm for that in TikTok I mean I feel like Twitter in particular like you know I would see you post all the time I mean a- any of my friends you know who are in the mm-hmm. writing community and now it's like I have to like go and search for people I mean it's like it's like really hard, you know, so I'm curious if we're ever going to get back to, you know, um, you know, how the algorithms were working before, because I feel like you, you know, so many people would just be like, say something about book community, I would put up something for a podcast, I'd have like 40 interactions, you know, easy. And now it's hard to get like six out of anything. So yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if that's going to change. Right. But Time well, that's on. awesome. Yeah, it's nice to see. It's nice to see people when their platform, is building, but not just with bots and things, but, you know, like actual people who, you know, really enjoy, you know, the books or, you know, your world building, your writing, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's, that's really awesome to see. I understand why though, because book one was awesome. Uh, so for our audience, in case they haven't, speaking of new, you know, members, Uh, we have quite a few new people who have been listening, uh, hopefully on Apple podcasts and a couple places. Uh, but for those people who have not seen your, uh, previous two interviews with us, can you just explain to them what the Wrathbringer book two is about?
1: Um, wow. So book one was a lot of establishing the lore, uh, the world building and the characters and kind of getting, getting the initial game board set and, um, wrathbringer starts um the spring after so hellborn king ends like late fall you know winter winter is coming um and uh wrathbringer picks up that spring and you get a little bit of peace moving across the board but i tried to sprinkle you know battles throughout the course of the book you get a decent sized uh one in in act one and a couple of raids and you know throughout it but um it's it's not only continuing the character's story but it's also broadening the scope of the world you're going to notice that too yeah so so it's definitely building you're going to get a lot more uh backstory as to you know the 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 world building the lore the the motivations of the characters so it's just it's just you know the next step in 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 building up the series like the foundation was already laid with Hellborn king now now we're starting to build upwards
0: well that's awesome I have to say still, like, I, it's really hard for me to find a, a chapter to beat your chapter one. I mean, I think about it a lot when I'm writing too. I'm like, is this going to, you know, grab someone's attention? Like, you know, like Christopher's did with me for that first chapter. Um, and I actually was just talking to another writer who had read your book too, uh, book one, The Hellborn King. And he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, like, he's like, we're at, we're using, I just want you to know we're using it to try and, you know, get people more interested I mean that that first chapter to me just really sets the tone uh you know for the book and it was interesting to see people you know for reviews and things for you for book two where you know I saw a couple people mention that you know where they're like, man as soon as you hit that tone in chapter one it just keeps going you know all the way to the end of book two and I think that's really hard to do so
1: yeah in fact uh, when I was on the podcast last week with Steve uh, you know a couple of guests were on they said that they thought the prologue for wrathbringer was better than the prologue for hellborn king so oh
0: wow yeah i've seen a couple of people say that
1: <laughs> yeah which is surprising to me cuz i didn't think i was ever going to be able to top it but yeah um yeah i think i think it's really well done it immediately gets you just with the prologue in, in hellborn king it just immediately gets you into the world and into what's going on um and i can confidently say that the prologue for book 3 which um I'm working on that and a prequel novella at the same time. So. Oh. Yes. Uh, I'm writing two books at the same time. So, uh, the, the, the prologue for book three, I wrote it in two days and I think it's the best of the three. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So I cannot
0: wait to get that one done. Oh, that is cool. Oh, prequel too. Oh, that's awesome. I knew, yeah. I know before you had talked a little bit about, you know, thinking about that, but yeah,
1: yeah I was thinking about it. Um, you know, and, um, I took a new job this year and the, uh, the winter hours are, are a lot more demanding than at my previous job. So my my, my writing time isn't um, as uh, abundant as I'd like it to be. So what I decided was, you know, hey, I've been toying with this idea of doing a prequel. I'm getting a lot of momentum right now. Why don't I just put that out first? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So so, so people don't forget about me, like right when I'm yeah. starting to build momentum. So I'm hoping to have that one done and out uh, sometime in spring, but don't quote me on that oh
0: that's awesome I think that's a good model though I've seen quite a few people you know do that and you know you know just like you said you know like really trying to get book three you know ready and raring to go and you know just putting through that prequel it seems to help people out quite a bit particularly for book 3 see seen a couple people do it for book two and help you know in between one and two but particularly book two and three it really seems to you know to help so it also gives you some more time right you know to make sure you know everything's good to go but
1: and plus and plus another motivation for doing that is um i noticed a lot of readers are getting a certain um perception of damien dreadfire in particular Mm. uh they they tend to think he's less morally gray and more evil so that's another reason why i kind of want to put out the prequel, so you're going to learn more about his motivations and why he's doing the things he's doing so that's going to kind of hopefully shift him back into that morally gray category
0: oh that's awesome <laughs> <And put laughs> well, and at through. the end
1: of, at the end of book one when he did the madeline you know that that's been uh i mean universally reviled but
0: uh yeah. <laughs> you know i saw a couple people with the reviews i'm like oh i'm like oh they just got to that part in book one <laughs> yeah yep
1: yeah. yeah. well but but thankfully everybody that's read that part in the book like doesn't um use that to to like think of the book negatively or review oh, it yeah. bad or, or or give the wrong impression of me as an author it's just you know that that's logically where the story was going I could have ki- I could have killed her spoiler but uh <laughs> I decided not to because she her story had so much more to it yeah. so i was like okay well I write my character so that if they're in situations they don't have plot armor you know the, you, you got to get out of it one way or another and she got out of it you know in a fairly bad way uh so yeah uh, i'm very thankful to everybody who's who's read that chapter in particular and has not poo-pooed the entire book because Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah i well i feel like there were other things that you did where you know like you could clearly tell you were setting up a particular type of story and i have to say from her perspective in particular like you know like we talked in our last interview, some of the things that you did, I don't want to give things away, but some of the things you did with world building, to me, with her perspective, and it it really solidified, you know, the world. Um, Yeah, and I mean, you know, you've given every character choices, you know, and they've, you know, decided, It, it feels like they are deciding rather than you, like what they're doing, and I think that's, I think that's how it came off, more than you just decided, Oh, I'm just going to do this thing. So to me, it was like, you know, like you said, like it was really an inevitable spot at that point. So, which I think yeah. made a more compelling story.
1: In fact, I had, I had one, maybe, maybe two reviews. I, I think one of them was on audible and it was like, well, you know uh, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest uh, review, but um, is it, it, one of the complaints in it was, well, you know, these characters make dumb decisions. Why do they do that? And it's like, well, not everybody makes wise decisions in the moment yeah sometimes sometimes people make the wrong choice and they have to pay for it. And yeah, then, you know I I, right. I I don't want any of my characters to be perfect. I want them to make mistakes. And then I want them to pay for those mistakes or learn something from them. so that that I feel kind of breathes life into them and, and gives them more of that human touch that you can that you can relate to in some way, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. i I mean, i I felt like they were more realistic that way because mm-hmm. they had flaws, and you know they were trying to do the right thing in the moment. And then they might think, I feel like that way, you know, I'm like, Oh, did I make the right decision six months ago? I'm like, maybe not. You know, like I have a few decisions to make this year by the end where I'm like, Oh, you know, six months later, I might be like, that was dumb, but you know, I, you know, did the best in the moment, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Cause even though it's a fantasy book, I do want to, I do want to bring as much realism into it as possible. And that's just one of the ways I can help achieve that. And, and, And that's, and that's done for more immersion sakes that you really feel connected to these characters and you're invested in, their story and their struggles it's hard to do that when you have a character who's just perfect and everybody loves them and they never make mistakes and you know they they can they, they can triumph in any situation i just I, I didn't want to write that kind of book
0: yeah just, uh, yeah you can go back to the 90s and read most of the fantasy and that's that that'll be what you get so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well for that fourth question there i'm just curious at what sort of things maybe you're either struggling with or trying to decide you know I know a lot of people I talk to you know with book three particularly when that momentum's getting there you know um, you know they just want to make sure you know they're making you know the right decision so sometimes they take a little bit more time so I was just curious you know maybe either with uh, you know um, outlining or plotting or even writing like you know is there anything you're struggling with Uh, was it maybe tying up loose ends finding new places you know in your world for people to go I was just curious at maybe what's one thing that you maybe found harder, you know, writing book three than book one and two without giving uh, spoilers. But.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I essentially wrote book one and two in my head at the same time. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew pretty much exactly what I wanted to have happen, start to finish. And I left a little wiggle room for, I, you know, ideas to pop into my head or like Titan, for example, was a, like kind of a last minute edition. Like he oh, was man. not originally in the game plan. And now he's such an integral part of the story Um, book three. I don't have a whole lot planned out. I mean, I know, I know certain places I need characters to be certain battles that I know are going to happen. And I know certain characters that I want to have die. I don't, I don't know if the story will go that way, but um, there's just a lot of unknown. And so the the struggle is to not drop the ball now, you know, because I, I think I've kind of avoided the sophomore curse with Wrathbringer, um, but that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean I can't still, you know, uh, have a dud on book three. So, so there's a little bit of pressure um, and just not really having the same outline of ideas that I had for the other two.
0: Mm. No, I mean, I think that makes total sense. I think you, you you bring up a good point too, right? Like everybody always wants a fan base, but then once you start to get that fan base, you know, then it then it becomes harder, right? Because then there are things that are expected of you, you yes. know, and I, I think that's the the curse of success, you know, as an author at times, you know, and it's something that not a lot of people talk about, you know, I think some people once they, you know, they get to a couple of trilogies down or something, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. And it's like, no, like, they're you know, and I've, I've talked to a couple authors privately, where they're like, yeah, like, you know, there's a little bit more pressure, you know, to finish things, I feel like Will White, You know, I talked to, you know, some people who interviewed him for one podcast and, you know, he talked about that, you know, trying to draw a cradle to a close, you know, and he's like, you know, he has the same fears. It's funny that, you know, somebody that sold over a million copies, you know, has, you know, the same fears (laughs) or Stephen King uh, was one that somebody just interviewed him and he actually said the same thing. And I'm like, well, Stephen King feels that way. (laughs) I feel like the rest of us are okay. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for that fifth one there, are there any new strategies or tools that you're using this time around? Could be writing tools, could be, you know, different organizers. I was just curious.
1: Uh, no, not really. Um, I, I think, you know, kind of uh, backtracking a little bit uh, on the last question too. Um, whenever I'm writing, I'm I'm always listening to music and each character <laughs> kind of has their own playlist and everything. The problem for me is uh, I, I'm i just running out of music to listen to. Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and like certain albums and songs I've just listened to to death. So it's hard to draw inspiration from it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I spend a lot of time when I should be writing, just perusing YouTube, trying to find new stuff to, to listen to. Um, but as far as like new strategies, not really. I mean, um, th- the key for me is just to try to stay consistent because it's like some days I'm tired or. I don't feel like writing I just want to play a game or I just want to hang out with friends or something and, and just really fighting to stay in that all right so I, I have to hit x number of words a week and I have to do this consistently that's that's a challenge and I haven't really come up with a new way to to do that <laughs> hopefully I do because I, I don't want to I don't want to pull a George R.R. Martin and have people waiting 10 years for a book
0: yeah yeah <laughs> That's why my friend and I like we haven't book club Game of Thrones yet. We're like, yeah, we'll just wait till he's done. My friend goes, maybe we should start now (laughs) after (laughs) book of the fallen. But it's interesting that you you brought up music though, because a friend of mine had that same problem and you know like really struggled and you know really had to get out there with people to be like, you know, he's got to drive like I do, like forty five minutes, like you know there and back to work. So yeah, a little bit more time, you know um you know to listen and see if he likes stuff but he like was literally like this is what I like to listen to and he went all over his social media was like hit me with what you got you know like Spotify whatever you know YouTube channels things like that and that's where I actually got a few of mine I I find I used to be able to do the 90s music you know because I knew it so much and it would still pump me up or whatever make me feel good you know memories and things but now I I've gotten that curse as an author word writer where I can't listen to words. <laughs> so it's, I've really struggled to listen to different meditative music ambiance things like that. I feel like there's only, but same thing though, you can only listen to two and a half hour tracks for so long before you're just like, right. Oh my gosh. So right. yeah, I think well, that, really-
1: I mean, that's why a lot of the music that I listen to is uh, in other languages. So and I'm not getting I'm not getting wor- okay. familiar yeah. words pumped into my head and, and throwing me off. So like yeah. I listen to like a lot of neo folk like Heilong, Borjuna stuff in that in that sort of vein yeah. where it's uh, you know neo folk. Yeah um, yeah. I listen to a lot of that, but you know certain characters like Lucetta for example, like I listen to black metal with her, and it's pretty much only one band that I that I play. It's a band from uh, Switzerland called Shamash. These guys are just it's so great. It's so atmospheric. <laughs> and it 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 it's just her essence and you know i'm it's been a couple of years since they put out an album they're working on one now and i'm just like come on guys
0: hurry up because
1: I, <laughs> I need to listen to this so yeah. i can write
0: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting oh that was a good one that's a great answer yeah i think that that's one that a lot of people you know don't really consider but if you're you know used to something like that and you feel productive that way you know obviously you know you're going to want to continue that so yeah, yeah that makes total sense well, that's a good one Got me thinking now you know now i'm gonna have to look up some different folk music because i love me some folk music so <laughs> that's awesome all right one of my favorite questions i've been asking people recently uh which of your characters would you choose to fight beside and why
1: wow oh boy how do i even answer that Well, wow, what character would i choose to fight beside and why um well not the only character, but definitely a guy that's going to be, you know, in my, in my Pantheon would be Titan. Um, he's, he's, he's a very capable warrior. He fights without fear. And he's just, he's that guy that you want beside you. You know, he's, he's a big strong brute and he fights with, he fights with hate and he's very good at, at what he does. So I I would have to say Titan Bradshaw.
0: That's a good one. I, I asked this question to you and I, I still can't pick. I'll have to send you my answer yeah. later. I keep going back and forth between a few different people and I'm like, "Ah, I can't pick one, (laughs) Uh, which I think is a good thing, you know, as a, as a reader, you know, so, you know, you as a writer did such a great job where I'm like, Oh, I really like this character. And I think they fight well in this circumstance. And then, you know, I'm like, I really like this character. So I think that that, you know, kudos to you. It's really hard to pick one, but I'd be interested to hear what other people, you know, who have read, you know, the books, uh say on that one i was thinking about asking that at some point on twitter or something like that
1: i was just gonna say that sounds like a twitter poll to me yeah
0: it sounds like a twitter poll so i'd be very anxious to see what people had to say but yeah Yeah, definitely that's a good one yeah he's awesome uh if you could visit any part of the world you created which would it be and why
1: um wow i you know even though it's it's a squalor ridden hive of degeneracy i'd have to say cardale uh, just because of the scope and how large it is and it, it kind of has that um moss isolate to it <laughs> i uh, i don't want to say ancient rome type of feel because it, it i didn't base it off of that but um it, it has that same type of feel to it to me and that's that's a place i would be interested in visiting i i would have to have uh some means of protection with me.
0: <laughs> you have to have Titan but, yeah. with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Or, or, or have a have a um, a band of purple cloaks following me around. That would be that, that would be advantageous.
0: Oh yeah, I would definitely read that short story where you and Titan go into like a tavern or something. There, that that would be awesome. You See, don't
1: do tempt me because I love writing tavern scenes. I just <laughs> love them. They're my favorite scenes to write. So don't 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 give me ideas. <laughs>
0: It's, it's so like matches the the genre and so matches Titan as well. So I could definitely see that. That'd be really really cool.
1: <laughs> well, there's some good. There's some good tavern scenes in the Wrathbringer. You will find out.
0: Oh yeah, that's awesome. Well, for that last one there, Christopher, do you have any news, updates, promos, or current projects that you'd like to share with us?
1: Um. Not a whole lot as far as promos, current projects. You know, like I said, I'm writing book three and I'm writing the prequel novella at the same time. Um,
0: so, Very excited about that. Yeah, so if <laughs> I get so,
1: I'm kind of pulling a Brando Sando on that one, where if I kind of get bored with one, I can jump to the other, and I'll just you know at least I'm keeping momentum going.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, exactly.
1: The goal is to get this prequel novella done and have it out into people's hands. Uh, early spring maybe somewhere around the Hellborn King anniversary I don't know don't quote me on that but I'm going to do my absolute best to get it done in that amount of time
0: I won't bug you I promise I'll have a baby so I won't be able to uh, by the time I'll realize it it'll probably be out but
1: actually yeah. people should bug me because then it gives me the motivation to keep going so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can I can do that too I mean I, I do it with a, my a couple of my buddies and I do that you know on occasion one of my buddies is Bugging me about one of my books, he's like, "I know the baby's coming." He's like, "But we we gotta get this done and out by you know October." I'm like, "I know, I know, I know." Well, you already sold one for you know your prequel, you know novellas, so put me down for that one, especially with Damien. So that sounds amazing. So anything more I can get in your world from you, I'm totally okay with that. If if I could Patreon you to you know, write the you and Titan in a bar story, I will definitely do that as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, we'll we'll have to see. I have to get these next two done first. But uh, (laughs) interesting, interesting thing that was brought up on the last podcast I was on, um, because they were discussing the the, the, um, prologues in the books. And the idea was pitched to me that Hey, man, you should just write a bunch of short stories like this, you know, where it's just,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just hard and
1: fast and it's in different parts of the world and everything. And that, that kind of piqued my interest. So, you know, uh, maybe, maybe once book three is out, I might explore doing a little something like that. So who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Your style of writing for like an anthology for your world would be really, really cool. Yeah. Hit them hard, hit them fast, (laughs) get the emotions driving. Yeah, I could definitely see you doing that. Another really cool cover. I feel like that would go really, really well, particularly after book three and yeah, prequel novella. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you sold two, two so far. So let me know. When
1: you're
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> it'll get you going there. Well, Christopher, per usual, it's awesome to have you on. You know, anytime, you know, you got something, a prequel novella or you know, whatever you want, you know, you know, just get a hold of me. I'm so glad that we could, you know, both find the time, you know, get you in tonight. Uh, I was really not wanting to reschedule. <laughs> I was like, come on! <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you about book two and how things are going. Um, but again, you know, my friend, per usual, if there's something you know I can do to help you out in any way, send it to me, email me, tag me, do what you got to do. Send it by mule. I don't care. Um, and you know, I'll do my best to help you out as best we can, and we'll get the word out per usual. Uh, other than that, though, you know, I hope you guys you know have a rest of, a good rest of the night and uh, I'm really looking forward to book two and I hope that things, you know, continue to climb for you. So,
1: well, thank you. And, and I appreciate all the work you've done so far to, to, to to get the word out about the books. Um, you know, I I see the notifications on Twitter all the time and I'm just like, I'm always so pumped when, you know, when I see you out there spreading the word and I really want to thank you for that. And I cannot wait to come back with you and talk Wrathbringer once you get it read.
0: So. Oh, so the, oh, that was the thing I totally forgot to to message you about. So we'll definitely have to you know have you on, um, for you know an early episode for season three. Um, that way we could do because I, I did see where you know w- did you do a video interview or just an interview with somebody where you guys did a spoiler for Wrathbringer
1: uh that was the the podcast i was on last week that was a okay so it was steve okay. For, okay yeah that's yeah, what i thought okay. Steve,
0: yep. okay cool yeah i would love to do one of those um you know for both book one and book two at some point with yeah. you uh, maybe yeah, in definitely. anticipation you know at some point you know uh spring or summer you know for book three or the you know the prequel novella i'll definitely put you down for that that sounds absolutely awesome to me and i'm already like i said reviewing both books um here in the winter anyway so i think that'd be really cool so cool awesome can't wait awesome. to
1: can't wait to come back and talk with you again.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. you know, you know me. As soon as I get with Book 2, I'm gonna be hitting you up on Twitter and be like, why? What did you do this morning? Yeah. I mean, I'll try not get too angry. But. Uh, <laughs> all right, my friend, we have a good rest of the night. And per usual, my friend, I will see you on social media.
1: All right, sounds good, man. Cheers. We're going, buddy? Good night. Bye.